podcast episode three who uh, with uh, the notorious jt and my co-host mike money reed how you doing tonight good it's good it's good to be back on yeah it's good to be back on the airwaves and uh, we're just going to recap uh, the current conference semi-finals uh, we're going to start with what we both consider the lame duck series which is the 1v4 in each respective conference and then get into you know the nice meaty stuff of the two verse threes um, so without further ado we'll get into that and we'll start with the miami heat versus the philadelphia 76ers tough watching that's all yeah. i can really say right now <laughs> yeah yeah it was and um it was, it was one of those games where it just kind of you watch the first quarter, you watch most of the second, and it turns into extended garbage time. Um, James Harden reverted. Flames Harden. Flames Harden. He went back to how <laughs> had been for a lot of playoffs, unfortunately. It was a tough watch. Really, I don't really know what the takeaways are, apart from the fact that uh, the Heat are better without a hobbled Lowry. Yes. And well, mind you, like in, in the first half, Harden was being aggressive and was sort of keeping them in it, but like the last three to four games, the second half he just someone pulls a chair and he just disappears. It's just yeah, it's actually sad to see a player who has such who has such great talent and skill to just literally disappear like a fart in the breeze when it matters. Well, he does play. A little bit sad sometimes like as soon as like he, he drops his head he, he drops yeah. his head really easily i think he, it's often been the case the cry um, wank head drop yeah and it happens once they get down or a call against him then he can really drop his head and we've seen it so many times although having said that i, I sort of feel bad kind of pinning i'm not to say that i'm pinning that loss on him at all it was just a complete thrashing and I, I would I don't think, go as far sorry, as to say is it would have been even more of a hiding if he hadn't kept them largely yeah, yeah. sort of close in that first half. Yeah, yeah. And when I say Miami better without a hobbled Lowry, I don't mean I don't think they're better without without him full stop because I think Correct. if he's up and running and healthy, then they are better with him. It's just that when he's that reduced, it can it, it's probably just better off rolling with whether it's Vincent, Hero, Oladipo, that kind of combo. Which and I think it, yeah, the latter pretty... of the latter of those two have really been going well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's provided a boost for sure in in, in limited minutes. Yeah, and and the right amount of minutes. Yeah, and that's probably what it is. It's the right amount of minutes he's able to do his thing. He's been pretty effective. Um, Struess again. I thought I thought yesterday. I mean, like I said, I didn't watch the thing in its entirety, but he was he was good. He hit shots. Yeah. Um, what did he have? Nine, nineteen. Yeah, four threes. Really effective. I like him. I think it, the fact that Miami are just this amazing enigma in a good sense that doesn't matter if they have players out with injury or players are just stinking it up. Cough, Duncan Robinson, but they just they just get it done. Yeah, it, it, I still kind of think. I just kind of don't trust them so much like when it comes to the next round because I think they'll progress. I, th- I think they'll um, win one of the next two yes. to, to go through. I feel like we do... I feel like I'm underrated. I just feel like whoever they get out of Boston or Milwaukee, 
thing I feel like they're going to fall to. And they'll probably, they could may well, they may well prove me wrong as they keep doing. But I, I think they'll, I think they'll, I don't know if they'll win the next on, on Philadelphia's floor, but I could see them, um, if it went seven, being back at home, taking that one out. So I do think they'll ultimately get through. Yeah. I yeah. guess, I think it's a given that they get through. Um, Philly just don't have, um, all-round offense um, or even as much defense to stop a team in the heat um, for them to progress. And if should Philly make the Eastern Finals by some miracle, it's just it's just going to be an awful watch. Um, obviously, there'll be some good bits um, with Embiid, but also sort of how well Tobias Harris has actually been playing these players, but spe- specifically in this um, in this. Uh, match up against the Heat, uh, he's he's actually been playing pretty good defense, which he isn't usually known for, um, and he he's got the green light to go, um, and there's just not really much. If Embiid's floundering, not Embiid, if Harden's floundering, Tobias is still going to work. Embiid's still doing his, um, but without that extra part in Harden, um, sort of backing those up as well as Maxi. They're just under hiding to nothing. Well I just think from my point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as you're saying that it sort of makes me think that any little gaps that you have get so much more exposed by this point of the playoffs. Yeah. You know, think whether it's Embiid's orbital fracture, the finger, um Danny Green just kind of being old now, uh Harden not being what he once was, Maxi disappointing uh, lots of points and really a lack of depth. Yeah, a glaring lack of depth. Just, yeah, yeah. Thibault's just kind of fallen off off a cliff. Nyang, 0 from 6 uh, yesterday. Cork All Mars. those little things. Just Corkmars too. It just becomes a little bit more glaring and those holes got, got exposed yesterday. And I just wonder, you know, being down 3-2, what's that percentage in game 5? If it's 2-2, if you win that game, uh, that game 6, sorry. Mm. And again, you know, game five, I mean, then it's 82% of the time that team who wins that uh, pivotal game goes through ultimately to win. I'm surprised, and, but not surprised that we haven't seen many sightings or any, for that matter, of Paul Millsap. Are you serious? You're surprised? He's I said I'm surprised, laundry. but not surprised. I know he's down in the laundry. <laughs> he's down in the laundry. What are you talking about? He's busy. Yeah. <laughs> but I just... Obviously, there's the history there of Doc just, he can't get out of his own way at times. Yeah. But, you know, why not try something? I can't, but, take that, I can't take that comment seriously. Next, you'll be saying DeAndre Jordan should be playing. He should be starting and playing 30 minutes. <laughs> he should be playing. He should be at power forward alongside him. Yeah. Lobson. No. Massive dunks. <laughs> I mean, they tried that experiment now, catching DMPs, which he should. I don't, I, I, I don't think Millsap should be on the court. Personally, well, I, I guess I mean, I guess if you're trying to win a series, a couple of minutes, chuck him in. What's the worst that could happen? Might give up four or six points. I mean, yeah, sure, it puts you a little bit more behind, but you got to try something. I guess, I guess, I mean, they lost by 35. They try anything. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't if think... if there was ever a time when you're getting your head punched in, roll them out, see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. Instead of unfolding towels for everyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he might be very, very, very close to being completely done. Yeah, I, 
Yeah, the fork kind of went in about two years ago, and the knife sort of entered in last year. Yeah, I think on on the other hand, I'm glad to see. I'm glad to see Miami play well. I'd prefer that tomorrow that they continue to play really well and get rid of finish off Philadelphia because the better they're playing and the better shape they're in, the better role they get on, to me, signifies a better series, whether it's Milwaukee or Boston. I think that's a good sign for a, a good competitive Eastern Finals. And also do, to get them a couple yeah. of extra days rest of the being banged up. Yeah, they're always banged up. Miami's just constantly yeah. banged up all year. Yeah. So they start, they start the regular season up. supremely banged up. Half the team's questionable every game. <laughs> I mean, they they yeah. actually truly are. It's no exaggeration. Yeah. They always are. So the I, only I, thing that's, less, that's only slightly less or more questionable is LeBron's game to game status. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was a was that a narrative thing? Look at this guy; he's playing through so many yeah. injuries. <laughs> hey, you got a fifth place MVP vote? Which is fucking disgusting. Somebody voted a fifth. No, do you know what's more disgusting? Is two people. Yes, two, Jokic got two fourth place votes. Those yeah. people need to have their license revoked. Yeah, uh, yeah. Aiden made that sounded off on that today in the uh, Sports Codex Facebook page, and I sort of said, yeah, said the same thing for the person who voted for LeBron, and obviously like the retort of like, well, this is actually worse than this. Like, well, I I totally understand that, but how can a guy who missed big chunks of the season then Oh, obviously he didn't quit at the end, and he's got to look forward to next season's age, health, and everything. I just thought, how can how can he get a vote on you know yeah some patches that he had? It'll be and, one of the LA. It'll be one of the LA writers or LA yeah. based people who are around the team every day, and yeah. you know were blinded by the fact that he wasn't was David leading, leading the league. It probably was David Miniman. Um, blinded by the fact that he was leading the league at, in scoring at one point. Oh, no, yeah. actually, if she has a vote, it was probably Ramona. Shot. It was yeah. Ramona. She always said the yeah. name at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ramona Shay, you want the pipe. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so, think, yeah, anyway, that was a, that's a tangent. These, yeah, I think, for, for Miami's sake, I hope it's another clubbing uh, tomorrow. Get it over and done with. Yep. yep. Hopefully everyone healthy, um, you know, come uh, Eastern Finals. Because uh, obviously for viewing game quality, need a fully healthy team yep. uh, for the Eastern Finals against, um, you know, whoever comes out of the other one. But um, I guess on that we'll roll over to the West on the one verse four with the, the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks. Pretty another... Horrendous watch yesterday. It was, I've almost erased yesterday from my memory of NBA watching. It was just two absolutely diabolical games to see in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. First half was okay. Mm. It was the okay. third quarter really just, just, yeah, it was done then. Oh, yeah. It was extended garbage time for half the third and, the, you know, the fourth, obviously. Very little that I could really take away from it. Other than what we're saying beforehand, the, the terrible three-point shooting from Dallas, if they're not dropping, then it's a tough spot for them. Yeah, and as good as Jalen Brunson has been for the most part of the season up until now, he 
he hasn't exactly been nullified, but he's very much been reined in with the way the Phoenix Suns play defense. And yeah. I think that's that's kind of really hamstrung the Mavericks in a sense that okay, well we've got a guy who's been scoring twenty odd points for basically the last couple of months and really sort of dragged them through the shit when Luca was out. And that's sort of just been eroded in this one series. I mean it would be helpful if Bullock could keep the defenses on us by hitting a couple. Mm. Cleaver had a couple. It just didn't happen yesterday. And Brunson had ended up with a pretty good line, but he definitely, and not too surprisingly, he can get stuck sometimes, get a little trapped, forcing it sometimes in the paint um, because they can just collapse on him. And yeah. you can collapse on Luca, but he can still do his thing. You can collapse on yeah. Brunson and rein him in, especially when those other guys aren't hitting. And the difference between obviously Brunson and Luca is that Luca can get himself into shit and still find a way to throw what to most people would just be a miracle pass, but it's just a, a regulation pass. Find a, an open man. Whether they knock down on the shot and obviously it's by the by, but this where Brunson is obviously he's just all out of tap looking to score and isn't able to sort of pull out and make the extra pass. Rather no, and, and, and Brunson's 5'11 on a good day, and Doncic yeah, is 6'8. Yeah. So that, that just gives you the extra height to see over top of defences, which Luca does all the time. But they just got creamed. I, I mean, they did so well to win those two games. That mm. might be their lot. I don't know. I mean, the next game is on Dallas's floor, and this has been a complete roller coaster. So yeah. I, you could see Dallas winning and taking it to seven. Um, which which should be pretty cool, but I I've always thought that Phoenix is the better team coming into this series. Yeah, um, they took the foot off the gas a bit, and were actually outplayed in those two. But this has been such a roller coaster. So I don't even really, despite a thirty point game yesterday, I I still feel I have no idea what's going to happen the next day. Yeah, the player for me who's really impressed me on Phoenix, just sort of keeps up in the game and just doing a little bit more is Michael Bridges or Mikel Bridges. Yeah, well, he's he's going to be knocking on the door of that all-star type conversation. I mean, he's in those playoffs. If there was to be an all-star game in the playoffs, he'd make it. He's hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been terrific. But, but he's but, solid. But those who don't know their asshole from the elbow would still take James Harden over him. I can't. I can't believe people would. No way. Who are those people? Well, surely you know, not. <laughs> smart people know that. I think. Yeah, the horse is bolted with Hunt being an all-star, but we know how that's the voting even, goes. It's not even a conversation. Even if the horse hasn't completely bolted for Hunt, that's that's this this nobody in the right mind. Ah, oh, surely not. I, I don't. Well, you know, in a in a vacuum, based on these playoffs, no, it's a no-brainer. But yeah, I guess reputation is always going to sway some. Yeah. What sort of got me in that last game was. Is, Looking at all the, obviously, you know, Adam Ching Silver's NBA. Yes. And low res like, logos on the court and all. <laughs> um, with how drawn out games are, watching them live, it's just it's it's almost impossible to watch a game live without losing, you know, fourteen hours of your life after all the reviews, review replays, timeouts. Yeah. Well, in 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 um, in the interest of full disclosure, like I messaged 
So I messaged you earlier today. I don't watch these games live because I, you know, we love the NBA, huge fan, always have been. But I am increasingly finding it impossible to watch these games live. Yeah. Between endless reviews, fouls, timeouts, ads, stoppages. The better, the smarter thing to do is just, I just watch it on League Pass. Once the ads have been edited out, then you can skip reviews and free throws and you're subjected to about an hour 20 of watching time instead of two and a half hours. It's just a yeah. no-brainer for me. I'm able to keep away from the score during the day mm. and I just watch them. Like I've literally just finished watching the games 10 minutes before this call, before this before the podcast, and it, it's just so much. I still see the game in its absolute entirety, but all the fat's trimmed out of it. I've I just found the replays and stoppages and yeah, fouls. Yeah, buttons and, cut out of it. And, and a lot more talking between players and there just seems to be constant dialogue and conversation that draws everything out and and i don't think that's old man yelling at a cloud either me saying that no. I, I really don't i just don't think it is um i i truly think it has actually gotten way too far down that route of just constant yeah stoppages and delays and social and, chats and media stirring I just, why, I don't know why the referee is indulging these players in all these chats and conversations. Like, when there's a foul and there's two free throws, it takes a minute and a half to shoot two free throws. Yeah. Which so, like, it just takes forever. So, yeah, I mean, that's getting, another tangent. Getting back into what I was sort of leading into this is obviously, you know, with the, all these fouls being called and players literally taking dives. Yeah. You know, to get a flagrant uh, draw on someone. And what I thought is strange after seeing sort of what's happened through some of the series up until this game specifically yesterday was how come, what was it, game four, Horford gets called for a technical, oh, sorry, for a flagrant foul, dunking it on Giannis, who probably could have been called for a blocking foul when he beat him from the three-point line, then gets dunked on, I mean, and then Horford gets called for a technical him. foul. So ridiculous. Dunking, being fouled in the air and his arms are moving. He has no stable base to control his body. But no, let's 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 make it a flagrant one. Like what what the fuck is this shit? And like how Booker had a lay down yesterday as well, where he committed a very similar foul on Kleber driving baseline and Kleber went flying, which is a common foul. And then Finney Smith, granted, yeah, the arm sort of came down a bit, that that automatically just made it a flagrant. And it wasn't really a whole bunch of difference in terms of how they went flying out of bounds. But oh no, oh, it was it was the wind up. It's like maybe he was just making a play at the ball, but no, we'll just no, because we yeah. got it slowed down. No, he he was winding up just to cut him. So, can you yeah, prove that? Trying to, yeah, I I I don't like it. There's this huge effort to legislate out all sorts of stuff. At the same time, we see like the Brooks flagrant too, completely warranted. Yep. Um, like, that, like that warrants a flagrant, 100. percent Yeah, of course, of course. But just that, the a, Horford an one, incidental. Yes, an incidental one, like what happened with Horford on Giannis. Like, come on, man. Like, and if they don't, the problem I have with that too is what comes along with it. The game stops. There's an automatic timeout. Yeah. They go over. They've got to pick up a it's TV. Seven How minutes. fucking insane is it that they've got to walk yeah. over there, pick up a TV, like three TVs, put headphones on, trying to control all these replays. The game stops for all this time, and they're watching and overanalyzing. It's 
slowing everything down. To be honest, if you slowed everything down, there's a foul at all times. Yeah. But it's not a foul because that's not, the, that's not the spirit of the game. It's just you could slow everything down and find something on every single position. I just it's just crazy. It ruins the flow and it and the problem is is it's worse in the fourth. Like if you think yeah. about how fast the first quarter goes, flow yeah. the first quarter is usually the best quarter to watch. The fourth is just a disjointed mess in almost every game. It's pretty much from the moment the fourth quarter starts, you get to about the seven or six minute mark, is generally fine. But everything from there, mm. oh, it's frustrating oh. because I actually think it's largely fixable. I do it think is. in a close game, yes, that you can probably expect it will be a bit more drawn out than the first quarter of a game, obviously. But there's a number of things which I think are entirely fixable, and that's the frustrating thing. Anyway, I was going to say about the Phoenix-Dallas game yesterday, probably my main, if only, takeaway out of it was that I'm glad that Booker looks good because he had that game back after the injury, and he took it pretty easy. I think he had 12 points or something like that, and some Mm. of those guys come back and it's a struggle. But the last couple of games, he's looked really, really good. Um, I'm just pleased that he's back looking like his usual self. Just circling back to what we were talking about prior to um, obviously Booker sort of reinserting himself at his pace and looking good, was talking about these flagrants that are being called. Oh, yeah. Is in that game, there was some type of loose ball scenario down at Phoenix's end, and Chris Paul two hand shoves Luca in the back uh, going for the yeah, ball. Yeah, I remember. He goes that. flying into the stands as well as I think Cameron Payne or whoever, whoever it was, and th- there was no call. Like the consistency is, it's supposed to be the key, but it's not. Keys to the game. Yeah, and I just, I don't, from a viewing standpoint, and players' frustration. You know, everyone sees that nothing gets called. Granted, yeah. the game prior, uh, Chris Paul was getting well. You know, he fouled out, and was it? Just under, oh, is it 23 minutes he fouled out? I think it was, yes, something yeah. like that. But it, the amount of fouls that are, that are being called, granted that some of them are legitimate fouls, it's almost like whilst they're trying to assert and have a clean game played, sometimes you just got to swallow the whistle both ways and just let them figure it out rather than just foul, foul, make-up call, make-up call, foul, foul. Like, you know, it goes back to disrupting the flow of the game. Yeah, and maybe this leads into the Milwaukee-Boston series, but I do think, even though we were just talking about the Horford-Yanis call, for the most part, that series, they have played quite physically, mm. and a lot of it has been kind of let to figure out. Yeah. And that, and that's probably been the best series to watch. Obviously, we've got two pretty closely matched teams, but yeah, I do think today, a lot of times, they were letting them play. It was very physical. A couple of calls. You know, it's always going to be a couple of calls which are questionable, but yeah. that might be the one series where a little bit more has been let go. I think so, but I think both teams have adjusted so well that they're taking it to the limit without stepping over. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I think today was just an almighty bed shitting by Boston, but also the tenacity and just sticking with it in Milwaukee just finding right to the end. Like I thought with about four minutes ago, it's like, okay, this this game kind of looks done. Yeah. But I kept watching because I thought, you know what? I may have had a punt on the game. But yeah. um, 
you know, we're talking about last season's champs, like you can't, you still can't even rule them out with a minute to go and being. No, no, you can't. They they refused to go away. Yeah. I think at one point with about four minutes left, you know, it was 101 to 93 or something like that. Yeah. And then you blink and you miss it, it's 101.99. Yeah. And after that, even though Horford had that massive putback. Oh, yeah, it was sexy. (laughs) Which is just incredible. Off the back of a 30-point game in the last one. Oh, yeah. I thought that might have just propelled them, you know, with the energy that they gave. But then Giannis and Drew hit these two huge threes and tied it up. Because what what sort of got me in this game was that I think it was the middle or late in the third where Giannis had gone off. Yeah. And then there was three straight possessions of just Drew Holiday trying to get a shot. And there were three terrible possessions that resulted in no baskets and turnovers and the likes. I thought, is this all that they've got? Obviously, it doesn't help with obviously Milton being out and he's been out the whole time. It's like, surely that Milwaukee aren't going to fall into sort of what is Jason Tatum's Achilles to his game as his ISO ball jumper. Bullshit. Oh, you know, I, it, yes, and I have just a note on that. I, like, I mean, he had 34 points, so the stat line looks good, but he was 12 or 29, and man, he was. This is, and obviously, like you're saying, it's not news to say that he was pressing and forcing some of these long twos, and he just missed yeah. so many of those. Yeah. And they were taken at inopportune times, um, yeah. little, in little bunches, I thought. And that's where and I think the flurries. difference between he and Jalen Brown is that Jalen Brown's figured out when to sort of assert himself and also when to pull back a bit and defer whereas Tatum yeah. obviously he's I guess the guy on the team is that he yeah. just needed to learn that little bit of just like you know what maybe I need to set this up but bail out of it you like instead of just yeah yeah I I, I... I thought he was pressing early on. He pressed again at the points. And even though Jalen Brown's numbers, you know, he had 26, it's not 34, but he shot 9-19. He just felt... Uh, he, you're right. He had that grass... It was like that game... Was it the last game where he had 25 in the first half? Yeah, he mm-hmm. dropped away a little bit but in the second half. But I don't know. His, his shot selection, I, I like for the most part. He shot it pretty yeah. well. I would like to have sent him at least divvy out some of those jumpers that Tatum took have gone to Brown whether he ended up yeah, taking it to the hoop or not. Yeah. Or Horford. Yeah, well, Horford didn't exactly shoot a whole lot of times today, but he was really solid nonetheless. But yeah, I just... Having said all of that, though, and this might sound too simple, I think the, the biggest factor in Milwaukee regaining the lead and ultimately winning the game is that they benched Lopez yeah. and gave Portis those minutes. My God, yeah. Lopez... Fucking terrible. And he's a fucking bitch when there's a foul call. Whether he's he, committed the foul or someone else has been called for the foul. It's he just a, was driving me crazy. It's like someone's murdered his mum. And do you know when it really started is he, he blocked a shot. It was clearly a goal ten. Mm. And he just... I was watching him. For the next three trips up and down the court, he was just whinging to any ref that he was in the vicinity of. Yeah. flapping his arms and while he was doing that he was missing defensive assignments one time he was having mm-hmm. a huge whinging like three plays later about a goaltend that was clearly a goaltend and I think it was smart or somebody just snaked by him and laid it and he was too busy whinging and I just thought this guy 
I don't know what his deal was today. It was like his head was never in the game. He was yeah. terrible. And once they took him out and sat him, Portis came out there, did Portis things. Yeah, They were a far better team. But when Brooke Lopez isn't being a whingy little bitch, he's been such a driving force in the last sort of five minutes of the fourth quarter of just getting lobs, hitting a three here and there, getting offensive rebounds. It's been really crucial to my uh, sorry Milwaukee's success. He is and crucial then, to their success when yeah. his head's in the game. Yep. He, he wasn't present today. I don't know what the deal was. It, it was about as off as I've ever seen Brook Lopez, isn't it? He does, this does happen. Uh, he yep. definitely, as he gets out of the game and he just turns, he just whinges about as much as anybody in the NBA. And yeah. today was one of those days and I thought it was just so detrimental. Yeah. Um, but I'd made the right call by putting in Portis because oh, if anyone who's going to get after it, it's Portis. And yep. him getting that offensive rebound up and in, I thought, uh, how? It actually almost looked like Giannis was deliberately missing that free throw for what it's worth. I don't think he was, but it did look like it. Yeah, and Portis had seven offensive rebounds. He just came with so much more energy. That that was that I I put around on that. But if you look, I think just trying to go back through my own video memory of that is Smart came flying and Brown was there, and was it Grant Williams? So if he was deliberately missing and it was off to that right hand side, and Portis is clearly bigger than all of those guys. I mean. It, it, it's obviously a, a highly risky move, but what was the score though when that was? In? It was uh, it was one hundred and eight, hundred nine, I think, because they were down. They were down two, made the first free throw, and then Bucks. No, sorry, it would have been after the free throw it would have been. Yeah, so it was one hundred and seven, hundred nine, made the free throw, miss, put back one hundred nine, hundred eight. Yeah, I I, def- I I remember this scenario. I, I don't know. It might be a stretch to think he missed on purpose, but it was obviously a better result than making a free throw because it gave him that one-point buffer regardless. Yeah. Well, they also had a timeout up their sleeve, which Boston did not have. No, they did not. Yeah, Boston did. And on that on that last, basically, play of the game, going uh, bringing in the bet that I put on today where the TAB... Threw us a lob at 13 bucks of Smart and Drew Holiday recording point a three, a block, a seal, a rebound, an assist. <laughs> yeah. All I was needing was Drew Holiday and an assist. No, sorry, a steal. And you know what? <laughs> Burgled it against Marcus Smart, who was also on the line. All the while, Jason Tatum was streaking down the opposite sideline, completely unmarked, screaming for the ball. And yeah. It's the one that, time Marcus actually didn't defer like he has done and made the smart play, put him and cost him the game. What a statement by Drew Holiday. Oh, the, yeah. The block, like the takeaway block. Yeah. The, the Lafonso Ellis <laughs> Yeah, just special. in the air, grab it under the in arm. In the air, grabbed it. Only old school people know what the hell that reference is about. Um, but just coming down with it and then picking his pocket on that yeah. last final position, as if to say, well, excuse yeah. me, I'm the defensive player of the year. That was yeah. such a statement. Yeah. He, yeah. I think, yeah, Drew Holiday is such, uh, I wouldn't say criminally underrated. I think he's just yeah, a, a little point. bit underrated in terms of what he does at both ends. And I think that his offensive game has obviously improved the la- over the last two seasons and it sort of come to the front 
in this series. You know, he get the ball on the wing and basically get a clear out and back a guy down in and you know, all of his jump shots in the mid range are just absolutely drench wet. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And he can back anybody down, even yeah. smart. There was a position earlier in the game where he just turned his back, whipped his way in, just put it in up over him. It's just that I mean he's been a career kind of backing guys down. He made some key shots all the way throughout. It's pretty consistently throughout the game that he was making those. Yeah. And so anything else on, on this series do you see? I mean, for me, after seeing that happen today and as a Boston fan, that was the stagger punch before the, the overhand right comes to finish off the fight. <laughs> It definitely said like a true Boston fan. It's yeah. over. It's, it's over. over. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I, I wanted I wanted to go seven. And oh, yeah, obviously it helps with it being in Boston, but you've just been you just been uppercutted at home in game yeah. five and it's a do or die. You know I I think they can win uh, with my heart, but my head saying that like, it, it's done. I Chalk up a 15-point win to Milwaukee. In the next game? Yeah. 15. Well, it might depend on... Well, even though Tyus had a pretty effective game today, and when he plays well, he can reduce the how much they miss Rob Williams. But perhaps... It sounds like Williams is on the improve, and he could have been maybe back today, but it sounds like there's a chance he'll be back for the next game. And Hopefully that, helps, that is the case. Yeah, that helps, right? And again, the series has been... A bit of a roller coaster. I actually think Boston will win the next game. That would, if I had to predict, if I had to guess, yeah. I had to put something on it. I reckon Boston will take the next game. Because should we, should we, should we put a, a three-piece food poisoning pack on it? Oh, with pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three. Well, the the, the pack that comes with a Morrow bar, please. <laughs> the <laughs> ultimate three-piece food poisoning yeah. pack. I don't know it off by heart. I just know one's got a Morrow bar. In. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just be, want it yeah. with the coleslaw. <laughs> uh, that, no, that doesn't even get touched. Yeah, um, <laughs> goes in the bin where it belongs. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think Boston will, uh, will come back with with some energy, especially after the type of loss that they had today. I think even if Milwaukee comes out hot, I think they can withstand that. You know, some teams they mm-hmm. they take an early punch and a in a closeout game like that, and then it's over quite quickly. I reckon Boston would stand that. Well, I think I there's think... there's there's two things in life that are certain that obviously death and taxes and you know, the first half of NBA playoff games. It's whatever team it is comes out hot, and then almost invariably rolling into the half, the other team rallies, comes back, and then it's sort of it's close again. And yeah, it's what. Yeah, it's it, it's it's basketball. Yeah, People game of runs. Over, over overreact so quickly, like it, it's, the sport is a game of runs. That's what it is. Rolling into the last series, we're going to talk about the the Lolden State Warriors and <laughs> the the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah, it's Chris Broussard for anyone who doesn't understand what I mean by that. Memphis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could just type in Memphis into the GIF thing, and that's going to be the first one that comes up. <laughs> oh, the whole I, think time got, I think he got fired soon after that. Finally, <laughs> about time. <laughs> oh yeah, 
But this yeah. this game today, um, quite a statement game from the Grizz, up as much as I think 61 or 63. Felt like 163 at some point. Um, yeah. I was yeah. really, really, really surprised how limp and impotent Golden State were. Not that they weren't trying, but the fact that they literally were had their pants pulled down and put over a barrel and just couldn't fight back out of it. Yeah, to continue the awful analogy, they were pretty flaccid right from the beginning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, do you know what I think it was? I I, th- I actually think it was a classic. We're up three one. We're in the other team's home gym. It's just even yeah. subconsciously you're just we not gonna, playing with it. We're gonna loop that trick. Loop that trick. Yeah. yeah. But they got well, they got whooped that ass. They did, and it was 134 to 95. It felt like 180 to 50 to me. It, it, it just felt like one of the biggest blowouts. I genuinely I, I, thought when they were up that 60 points, I was like, is this game going to finish where Golden State have, have or were literally about to be lapped in the score? It never happens. With yeah. Certainly a whole half of garbage time, and especially the last quarter, they just make up a whole lot of buckets, and the score's not... Even 134-95 is not truly indicative of the game. It was just a complete yeah. clean out. But again, I do think a large part of it was just, I just, uh, you can fall into a trap of not bringing the same intensity or energy to a game like that when you're already up 3-1 in the second round. Yeah. I, I can see how that that can happen. And, and the next game, a bit like the other series that we talked about, could be a completely different story mm. in the next game. And honestly, I would expect Golden State to close it out somewhat speak, handily. Yeah, and going back to this whole flagrant jazz something that's been irking me since watching the game live if I was Taylor Jenkins I would have fucking reviewed that foul that was called on Adams on Draymond Green the what, yeah and in today's game yes yeah I would have reviewed I, that just just yeah. out of we already got our foot on the throat and we're stomping why? the shit out of you why not just drill down even harder and just you know get that reviewed I, I I agree. It was, I I mean I didn't even need to see the replay to know it was horseshit. Like, why does Draymond have such a stranglehold on some of these refs? It just are they intimidated by him or something? I mean, he rugby tackled sort of almost like a almost like a rugby or a league rugby tackle and threw himself to and the ground. Threw. It was just extremely obvious. I wasn't even. I mean, it was kind of off the ball, and you kind of half seeing it, but it was clear and obvious, and yet they blow the whistle and call it on Adams. I just, it was unusual. I suppose they just thought, what's the point in reviewing it? But I don't know. The stuff that he well, they would retain with. their timeout, but also just, you know, really just stuck the back in the burning stake and even even harder. Yeah. But I guess well, also, it, I guess also in that, whilst the game was sort of already out of hand by that point, yeah. was that, you know, had he done that, would that could that have been a catalyst to really sort of motivate them? Maybe and obviously not to get back and to win that game, but for the next game, not that they wouldn't need the motivation after the talent they've just received. Maybe maybe that was a bit of a factor, but also like how you said, like why bother? I just think it was a why bother thing. I I think one thing that I have noticed in the year of watching the Grizzlies is when Triple J decides to be aggressive from the beginning, it bodes well for the rest of the game. If you think about this game, his first touch, he took it aggressively to the hoop. And he did again on the third position of the game, which he scored another bucket, hit a three in between it. But he was aggressive. 
But does that not also play into the fact where, you know, the Grizzlies obviously couldn't play Adams against the Timberwolves, then he gets COVID, and now he's come back in, that with him not being the centre and being the power forward, that's allowed him to play more aggressively and not worry about fouls so much because he's got... Oh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, he's he's a better player next to Adams. Absolutely. Fouls aren't a problem when Adams is is out there. Mm. For him, it, it frees him up to do what he does, and he and he started out aggressive. It just he just he looked different. It, it sets the tone a lot of times, I think. It, it yeah. definitely was the case during the season as well. Mm. I always find it interesting too how teams decide to defend Draymond because today Adams was on him, but he was just dropping as far back as legally possible. Yeah, it's it, it's always a bit of a quandary. I get it because he's Draymond doesn't even consider a shot, but at the same time, yeah. you can't help but think, well, maybe you should press up on him and block the passing lane sight lines and get in his face and make it not so hard for him to distribute. It, it actually plays into um, yeah. how he's as effective when people push up on him like that. It's like That's right. It must be so tempting to. Yeah. It takes a lot of discipline. So they decided they were just absolutely not going to press up on him at any point. And, and Adams has played pretty well. Defending Draymond Green, rolling back through history in OKC, he yeah. sort of he's like Adams largely has a number of guys who got his number that he just can't defend and just gets pissed on. But he can, he cannot defend Nurkic. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> he can't. Yeah, he, he cannot yeah. defend. Nurkic. They may as well DMPCD Adams against Nurkic. He cannot defend him. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but if he yeah, I mean, I I love the fact that the Grizzlies beat the shit out of Jordan Poole. Oh man! Not because of back, what yeah. happened with yeah. Jar, and I don't think it's intentional. We didn't think cause Jar's knee. I can't did. believe he didn't. He didn't what? Well, he, he, didn't, he, did, he, he didn't. did, but it was not in. He did. He didn't. No, 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 no. He didn't. That his hand touched Jar Morant's knee. That did not damage the ligaments in his knee. There's a lot of. I don't know if you've seen the videos floating around. There's a, there's two other situations in the game where it's actually quite clear where Jar Morant hurt his knee, hmm. where he jumped and landed. Jordan Poole's yeah. hand touched his knee. That would not do damage to the knee. Well, he's going another direction. I mean, there's it, no did, no way. Did he pull his knee? No. But you know, yeah. even the, the most innocuous touch or you know, slight adhesion of the hand to the knee can cause something if you go in the other way and you load it up or whatever. But I think the damage did, was done at a different it's time. It's done earlier, sure. But yeah. I mean, this and, just sort of put the icing on the cake on it, which obviously massively overblows everything like oh it gets singled down to that moment but i think that was, it was just so overblown it was just good to watch him get shit beat out of him and get reduced to nothing in the game well brooks kind of shrugged him off a couple of times or kind of shed him you know yeah. and i love was... the one where um big game bane just ran him into the <laughs> yeah shoved him into the triple j screen <laughs> pushed it and then he got called <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, he got knocked around a lot. And there was that one time. Yeah, was that the one just before he had the ball to the face? Yeah, when he got fouled then, by Brandon Clark. Yeah, that's right. It was back-to-back positions. <laughs> so like, yeah. One minute he's like holding his eye. Next position, he gets smashed to the screen. He's, and he's just sort of like staggering around for the next couple of positions. Yeah, calling for a sub like a, like a pussy. <laughs> Not that yeah. he probably is a pussy, but no, no, know, it's, no, it's he's, good to he's, see. He's tough. But he mandated his struggle today. Jordan Paul was not a factor. Which, and even Clay had a 
you know, one of his average games that he sort of had sort of running into the playoffs and sort of obviously working back into playing those minutes and getting yeah, back to okay. so, yeah. He was okay. Yeah, he hit he hit a kind of a wide array of shots. He hit a couple on the move, which was good. Um he stayed out there for a little bit longer and mm. you may not have expected him to. Um so he he showed some good signs, but I mean he didn't, obviously didn't get any support. I mean he barely even remember Curry playing this game either. A couple of uh, those long, long threes, but I don't, is, I don't know. The, is the Anthony Melton, Tyus Jones, like a combined kryptonite for Carrot? <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but well, obviously I'm grossly exaggerating, but <laughs> kind of serious. I like yeah, I like Melton so much. Yeah. I just can't believe he's only 23 years old. He yeah. looks about 35, but he he's only 23. He he blocks a lot of shots. He's yeah, he's he's the perfect first guard off the bench. I reckon. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, they're spoiled by having trade uh, by having Jones, Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones, by having Tyus Jones and Melton on the bench as your backup guards. That's some serious depth. Um, and I think yeah. trade uh, Tyus Jones deserves. I'm <laughs> not some, talking about the Spurs late. man. It's late. <laughs> oh, we're not. I thought we were. Yeah. Um, he could have deserved a little more six man love because I know a lot of the stuff he did while he was starting. But part of being good six man is stepping in and, and to that starting, starting needed, role. Yeah. So you shouldn't discount what what a player does in the starts. That's part of what a six man does. I mean, so, has had the best assisted turnover ratio in the league. Or once again, yeah, yeah. I mean, today he didn't turn over the ball once today as the lead ball handler. Twenty one and nine, no turnovers. He's, that, that's such a spoil. They're so spoiled for choice yeah. for having a guy like him who can just step in and. I know it is blasphemy to say, and I love Ja Morant would have voted him for MVP, but he, there has been times in this playoffs where he's gone a little bit Westbrooky. Yeah. Not not this not the Lakers Westbrooky, but I just mean no. like occasionally just yeah, he chances out a little bit too much. Yeah, 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 and it's. But I guess when you're like the number one guy, like that's what you're gonna do. I mean, largely in that he makes right decisions and just oh, yeah. gets amazing yeah, shots to go in. But he yeah. just needs to learn that last little bit of just like, you know, just an extra pass or something or and, and that'll it, just that there's this that next level that he'll probably take next year and it'll just be like, holy fucking shit. Oh totally. Don't get me wrong. I, I I'm not criticizing him. Mm. And it's only been in the playoffs. I didn't see any of that in the regular season. It's just in the playoffs yeah. where, you know, he was still a little banged up and he was pressing a bit. And some of that crept mm. into the game. So when Ty's, what is wrong with Ty's saying? When he Ty. comes, I did. When he kind of balances, he he'll yeah. balance out some of that stuff um, mm. in a good way. But I think, yeah, Morant will get there with some of those things. It's it's really just the a couple of little rough edges in the playoffs. He'll definitely get there with it. Yeah, and part of it has just been he's he's been a, a bit banged up. Yeah, and. I I think one of three things, obviously the only scenarios in the, in the series, is first one is Memphis go in to Oracle. They win in a really tight game. Then Golden State go into Memphis and go nuclear. Or they go nuclear and end the series at Oracle. In San Fran. Yeah. Yeah. The new Oracle. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I again I don't really I don't think I've been beat on an NBA in years, but if I was, yeah, I think Golden State will close it out. Uh we'll we'll, we'll yeah, we'll close it out in the next game. It, despite what we saw today. I just hmm. I just think it was almost like a temporary blip. Yeah. I mean, I think I mean it's not as if they haven't blown a three-one lead before, but (laughs) you know, (laughs) um, they know what to do. I think yeah, it's either Memphis are going to win it tight, Golden State will win it tight, like they did. I think was in Game Four, or was that when they smashed them? Was was it? Remember? Yeah, I think it was Game Four where um, Dylan Brooks, like, why are you shooting a contested three-point shot with? a little over a minute remaining in the game and you're up would just set off a chain of events where Golden State just got home pretty easily and it was quite laughable um, obviously not to Grizzlies fans or diehard basketball people thinking like what the fuck are you guys doing uh, but yeah it's I, I'm really hoping that this one goes seven um, If because if Golden State come out of it in seven and you know they've got their tail up they're probably going to be playing the Suns. And, you know, I want a, a super pumped, hyped up and confident Warriors playing against the Suns, if, that is, if that's what happens. Yeah, if that is what happens. Uh, just a couple of things additional to note, I thought. I thought it was, it was good to see Brooks just lay off some of the ridiculous jumpers today after two consecutive horrendous games. He was a little more conscious of taking it to the hoop which was good didn't exactly have a great game but i could see the difference in that and the other thing too i noticed that like they ruled moran out for the rest of the playoffs Mm. but i did see in the in the press conference they asked taylor jenkins is there a chance that he could come back for game six and he his answer was a little bit murky it was kind of like at this stage no they've said he has a bone bruise and yeah it could just be how he feels on the day well, yeah, there's that, but I mean, all it's going to take is, you know, well, the supreme athleticism was just one sort of bump, or funny landing, and then, well. But here's the other thing, because it's a bone bruise, right? Mm. It, to me, just to harp back on the Jordan Paul thing, therefore Jordan Paul absolutely was not the cause of that. It had nothing to do with the Jordan Paul incident. His hand running over the top, over his knee when he was going for the ball did not cause a bone bruise. That's heavy yeah. impact, and this, yeah. yeah. So there's just no way. So anyway, anyway. But I, I, I reckon I don't know about game six. If it goes game seven, I reckon Morant will come back, even if he's sixty percent. And oh, I would imagine in twenty minute capacity. It, it depends, you know. Depending on how the game's going. If he's warmed up, if he decides to play, and he's warmed up. If he's taking any painkillers or anything like that, then he could probably play his usual minute low. But it will depend on, with that type of injury, Just it really depends on the next couple of days and how he feels guess, on the day. I guess they're also got to think of long-term health. If, you know, they get through in seven and they've got to play Phoenix in seven. And if they were to beat them, then they've got to play either probably Boston or Milwaukee in the final. It's a tough balance because there's that, and then it's like, well, how many opportunities do you get like this? Yeah. Yeah, like, there's it's, no guarantee. It, it's such a, it's a, yeah. there's a fine line there. It's a fine balance of what we're chasing and you know, long term. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, um, 
we've lost him in the series and I guess to an extent Gary Payton Jr. because the, the mitten and just his, fant- his fantastic defense that he plays in. Yeah. But, you know, I, I was thinking about this just before we started this, uh, this podcast. We're talking about Andre Agadala, his neck yeah. issue, which has apparently sort of been an on-again, off-again thing like, over the last couple of seasons. But, you know, w- way to <laughs> not really duck a series <laughs> after everything that happened after he was traded to Memphis. And yeah. everything that was said and by the Memphis players about him and so forth, but <laughs> especially Dylan Brooks. Oh yeah, but at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, is this Agudala's last season, or does he go around one more time? He's thirty-eight years old, and he's—I mean, he basically—he can. I don't think he's coming back to these playoffs, and it's. It's been so up in the air a lot of times, and he's come back briefly, and then then he's out again. But with an injury like that, it's a shame because, like you say, Mm. without Peyton too, or you know the the mitten there, he in theory could have been useful. Only need him for about ten minutes, yeah, ten fifteen minutes. He'd be more than useful. But you know, I know on the last update, he was ruled out for another week at least. that's kind of how it seems to be. Ruled out for another week, another week, another week. And I think in Draymond Green's interview, is like, we don't expect him to be coming back. Games like today, kind of like, this is kind of the Dylan Brooks that I like. But when it's not happening, is he homeless man's Danny Green? No, he's got way more to the hoop than Danny Green. No, but like in when he's playing court. a bad game, like he's having a stinker. It's like, uh, Homeless man is Danny Green because obviously Danny Green sort of just sort of hanging in there. And the difference is if if Danny Green is just doesn't have it, he might end up, I don't know, two from six. If Dylan Brooks doesn't have it, he'll end up three for seventeen. Yeah, that that's probably the that's the difference as I'd say it. He just I'm not sure if he recognizes it or if he cares. <laughs> well, He's I noticed still... that last year. Obviously, he finished. Well, I guess the second half of the last season, he was making all these just ridiculous shots. And I'm not sure if we spoke about it sort of during the course of that time of like, you know, what do I want to see Dylan Brooks do better? It's just his shot selection. And it's sort of come to the fore again in some of these games where his shot selection has just been diabolical at times and seemingly oblivious to the situation. And I actually responded to a tweet of Brevin Knights last year about he was sort of talking up Dylan Brooks. I was like, you know, while I'm enjoying seeing the sort of circus stuff that he does, like he needs to sort of rein in his shot selection, better quality shots, rather than just a shot and then another possession coming back. And he's like he sort of disagreed with me largely. And I thought about tweeting him saying, you know, you had this discussion about a year ago. Yours please. Yeah, look, he only played thirty two games this year. I think he... It was a largely disrupted season, granted. Yeah. Oh, it was so disrupted. And that wasn't even just one chunk of time. He'd sort of come back and then be out again. He was out at the beginning. Well, there was something he did in January and then he didn't come back till March. Yeah, and then it it was just... It was so stop-start. I think it might have been before March when he came back in the first instance. But I actually thought... he had. I thought I was really impressed in the regular season. He shot okay from the field. He shot a pretty good percentage, better than he has in the last four, three years. 
He averaged 18 a game. He was so valuable to them when he came back each time. It's just a couple of a couple of dodgy games in the playoffs for sure. And yeah. and it just doesn't look good, especially when a team has they can kind of game plan so hard against what he does, especially yeah. over a whole series, instead of just an individual one off game in the regular season. But I think his I I do really like his aggressiveness and he's so brash. I, I so I, I I definitely haven't kind of lost faith in, in him or what he does. I think he's kind of like a cross between Danny Green and Marcus Smart, and that when he's playing well, you know, he can defend a number of people, making good shots. But also on this on the other side of that, he'd either be shooting not so well and just making poor decisions. It's quite a lot of players like that, though. You know, but that, I think that players sort of... that who I guess. There's the games sort of play. resemble a little bit. Yeah, I think this is quite a bunch of players in the league who are they're clearly not all stars, but they're in that tier below the middle level. Right? Yeah, they're in that, that tier or two below that kind of. Yeah. So the reason they're not all stars is because they don't have that top to bottom consistency defensively and offensively. Mm. And Dylan Brooks is one of those guys who falls into that category. I don't think you'll necessarily evolve into some 20-point, extremely consistent 45, 46% shooter. No, that's probably who no he way. is. Yeah. No, no, no. That's probably who he is. He's, he's 26. He's still I pretty think young. He'll be what he, I think yeah. he'll just be what he is now, maybe just a little bit better. But Yeah, he can get yeah, going he can along get a little bit saying, it's, yeah. It's still fundamentally who he is. Hmm. Um, and I think he still brings a lot to the table because even if the shot isn't dropping, he does his brashness and his Defense doesn't change, but yes, all the same, those two poor shooting games are pretty damaging. Yeah. What have we got here? I was, um, did you happen to see or read, sorry, excuse me, um, Joel Embiid's response to a question he was asked regarding MVP? Um, is, well, he had a couple of different responses. One, he kind of said that Jokic deserved, you know, you can see why Jokic got it, but it was. Then he said he didn't know what else he has to do to win MVP. Is that the one that you meant? I think so. But, uh, I was just trying to scroll back through the thing and find it um, in regards to also how he mentions about um, bringing up old mate uh, Simbo and with the whole fuck that guy Jalen Green thing and how it like, maybe affect contracts, all-star appearances, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, that whole piece, I thought, you know what? 99% of this are more like, yeah, this is a well thought out uh, answer. And like, there's like just the 1% that was probably just nitpicky. I thought, that's eh, maybe a bit far, like talking about how the media can somehow um, change a guy's earning or, I guess, all star type sort of gaining an all star appearance because of what someone yeah. who is not in the league says and then somehow everyone sort of jumps in on it for or against it and somehow that's going to change coaches you know mindset on i don't know i guess this is probably the right thing um because um this guy said this but... yeah i caught the gist of the quote that i saw but i i, I fundamentally i'm not sure that i agree with these votes having considerable considerable impact on whether a player 
whether it triggers clauses and players contracts because if you again you just use an example of LeBron getting a vote and Jokic fourth in some ballots I mean that to mm. me that's that's pretty broken it just shouldn't it shouldn't be something that impacts player salaries or amounts because sometimes those bonuses are a million dollars in that vicinity yeah. um the same with the all NBA right like some of these votes I think are pretty damn skewed I mean do we need to well, I don't remember bonuses so specific some years ago, but then again, it may not have had quite the same coverage we do now. But I'm not sure if those existed 15 years ago. I don't, it's a little uncomfortable. I know sometimes the voters, you know, you listen to various podcasts, whether it's the Hoop Click of one or whatever, and they've all got votes, right? So they often talk about how they don't feel that comfortable that their vote carries that kind of weight. Well, yeah, I, I, I guess for, you know, Intelligent people like us, when it comes to basketball, we know that it doesn't, you know, doesn't carry um, much weight when it comes to awards and so forth. You know, but at the same time, it's kind of like, oh well, you know, we got to give, got to give the fans that they want something for them to chat about about, and you know, <laughs> have all the these interactions, and you know, it's it's good for business. You know, yeah, it's all, yeah, it's it's all a bit. You know. Is it really good for business if the Instagram page is getting more likes? What does that even mean? Is, are we absolutely sure that's good? How is that good for business? What does that matter? Uh, personally, I don't think that it is. I think it's just it's just. We've been trash. told that. We've been yeah. told that. I think it's complete trash. And then you know. But, I. but but that's all the business people look at. There's traffic, clicks, interactions. Well, this is surging. We fucking keep it going. Like throw more fucking fuel on the fire. So, oh yeah, but why? More thirteen-year-olds commenting on on Instagram. Yeah. How, why? How is that good? I, yeah. I'm I'm not yet sure. Yeah. Oh, this guy's a really mean player because he did a sweet dunk. That dude Giannis is isn't garbage because he hasn't, bumped. Or, or Giannis isn't because he hasn't got a bag. Yeah. Right. <sighs> such, such <laughs> dumb shit. I think we've reached that point in the podcast. Yeah. The time for your three keys to the game. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, don't bother sending cards for grading. It takes too long and it's a waste of money. Um, hit the offensive boards hard. Yeah. And uh, don't slip on a slippery court. <laughs> yeah, I guess my three keys are um, help the helper. Whoop <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that trick. Yes, yes, absolutely. Good call. Yeah. And the last one would be Scott Foster game. Mm, yes, a good one, but also a bad one. Uh, yeah, and I think that's coming. What What did they call him? The extender. I think yeah. I heard on the Bill Simmons podcast that uh, I might have that, that wrong, but somebody was dubbed him the extender, something like that, because he, you know when he's assigned the game. You make damn sure it goes that extra game. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we've we've got everybody's three two. So the extender's yeah. going to be record. The extender's going to be stretched. He's going to have to fly to a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's the extender, and then there's also the cantankerous old Get and Tony Brothers. And and I wouldn't rule out Tony Brothers. Oh, Tony Brothers, yeah. Jesus, he's just been. Like, I almost think he's past Scott Foster, and I am the game, and that's. <laughs> it's pretty hard to do. 
I am the game. Spell time blue. Well, I guess that, that brings us to, to the closeout. And um, great having you back on. Great chatting as always. Um, we'll uh, bring you episode four, hopefully before uh, the finals start. It'll either be uh, the conference finals or NBA finals. But also we are setting up a little crossover that's coming up. Um, so keep an eye out on the sports codex page uh, for what's going to be happening soon and uh, thank you all for listening and you might even open up a mailbag uh, on the sports codex so we'd love to get your questions and um, give some answers on them you know, they can be serious or not you know we're here for the last in the chat and even not uh, just questions just some thoughts and stuff that we could elaborate on that would be really cool absolutely and with that uh, we uh, bid you good evening and Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. See you later. Ciao.